Welcome back to the CMU Now podcast. Uh, my name is John Marshall, and I am your special guest host for this week. Uh, we have the honor and pleasure of having one of our students here, Liban Changalos. Liban is a senior, and um, as part of our February Black History Month, we are looking for opportunities to elevate some black voices. So, Liban, thank you for making time today. Thanks for joining the CMU Now podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Levon, you are a senior here, but your road to CMU is maybe one that uh, isn't typical. Uh, tell us about you. Where where did you, uh, where's home? What's your story? How did you find your way to CMU? Absolutely. Uh, I'd say my story starts back on the day that I was born, July 12, 2002. I was born in a refugee camp in Kenya after my parents alongside five of my siblings escaped civil war in Somalia. You know, they went through a lot of hardship. They were displaced. Uh, they faced a lot of horrific events such as women being raped, uh, children being forced into labor and losing an older sibling. So living in a refugee camp, my oldest sibling at the time, he was 15 years old. His name is Abdullahi. And he was the only person in the family at the time who spoke English. Mm -hmm. And he took the initiative to go around and ask elders and others who had already been through the process to being granted citizenship and traveling to the U.S. to ask them what he had to do in order to prepare a case and present the family's case to the best of his ability to get us to where he wanted to. So he went through the interview process at just 15 years old and he did a good job because obviously we're here today and we were granted uh, green cards and traveling yeah. to the U.S. And from there, we faced a medical examination just to make sure that everybody was healthy and they weren't dealing from any complications from the events that they had went through getting through the Civil War and living in refugee camp for quite some time. So, Liban, pause for a moment. Mm -hmm. Your parents, how many of you were there at that time? At that time, there was five siblings. Five siblings. Yeah, uh, It was Abdullahi, my sister Habiba, Khadija, Noor, and Abdi. They were the five that were, that Plus were Liban, running with Liban. mom. I wasn't born until they had made it to ref to refuge in Kenya. Yep. So they they were the people that had experienced those things. They were the people who were farming and had a life in Somalia yeah. before yeah. facing all the hardship. And my mother's oldest is a, is a daughter by the name of Hawa. She doesn't have the same father as me, but she was my mother's firstborn. Okay. And she was lost in the Civil War. And Sports Authority actually wrote a story on this, including my big brother back in 2014. And they had touched on this a little, but Hawa was lost in the process of running from Civil War and was later found through DNA process in the refugee camp. But at that time, the family had already made it to the U.S. So she still lives there with her children. Oh and I've only communicated with her through via telephone and FaceTime. Oh, wow. Yes. So your sister is still in Somalia or Kenya? In Somalia. Somalia. Wow. Okay. So you come as a baby. Right. As part of the refugee, you get settled in Aurora, Colorado? In Aurora, Colorado. Yes. Like I had mentioned, uh, this past break, I was filtering through my dad's old backpacks and yeah. files. I was actually looking for my little sister's birth certificate. Okay. And I stumbled upon a piece of paper that was dated May 1st, 2004. And it read, welcome to your first housing in the United States at the Grace Apartments located in Aurora, Colorado, which is just a few blocks from the convenience store that we own today. That's and amazing. I saved that paper because I graduate in May this this. Yeah. 
this spring and I thought that it was very beautiful that 20 years later that I was put in the position to do so. So yeah, living in Grace Apartments, I have a few photos of me running around as a toddler Mm. in our first vehicle, in our first home. Uh, And but we did enjoy the city life because that was located right in Aurora. That's very populated, large immigrant community. And so we traveled to Commerce City, which is 10 minutes outside of Denver. Yep. My mother believed that the community was a bit more calm, a bit more peaceful and a pace that we could keep up with. So yeah, I attended yeah. uh, Adams City High School in Adams County, the district of Adams 14. And that's kind of where my educational journey began. Okay, so you you move a little bit north of Denver mm-hmm. and your family settles into a, a slightly smaller town. And for, for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar, this is old Commerce City. This yes. is before all the new development near the airport, right? kind of near the Suncor refinery, some of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right, yeah. right next door. Yep. And, and, uh, and I think, um, both a, a, as we've talked about both a proud community, but also, a um, a community that's had its struggles, right? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges in that school district and in that community historically in terms of um, some of the socioeconomics there, right? Yes. So, so tell us, you get settled into school as a as a little guy in mm-hmm. elementary school, and uh, presumably you're you're learning a second language, right? Um, how how did school go for you as uh, as a little fella in you know the earliest grades? Absolutely. So school started off a bit rough for me. Uh, So my parents didn't know when to start a school uh, because they were immigrants. And when I seemed capable of comprehending the language and seemed like Uh I could fend for myself, they were just like, go. So I was always (laughs) younger than everybody. And I remember going to kindergarten. I'd always throw a tantrum in the mornings (laughs) because I wasn't ready to leave my mom. But as soon as I got into the flow of things and my kindergarten teacher, I still talk to her today. I'm in communications. He did a very good job of calming me. And her and my mom would play a little game where my mom would act like she was still standing outside. (laughs) And my teacher would fake peek outside and say, oh, your mom's still there. And I'd be like, oh. Thank you. And I'd get back to work. But you're but just mom a had guy. already you ran off. As right. Old as the other, older kids, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Amongst older kids. Yeah. But yeah, the educators in Adams 14, I, I, I can't thank them for what they did for me. They inspired me and they told me to take pride in my education and they gave me courage at times that I didn't have it for myself. And ind- individuals like my kindergartner teacher mm. just making little efforts like that and telling me that you can do great things and speaking life into me every day. And that carried on through high school. And it it didn't just start there. But yeah, the educators in Adams 14 did a great job of inspiring the students because they understood the the demographic and the individuals that they were dealing with. We're mm. a, a large immigrant population. A lot of the students are first generation. Our, our parents don't speak English. Nobody graduated high school. And we were a lot of the first people to go through the American educational system. Yeah, so yeah. it took a lot of support and it took a lot of bravery on our end to get to where we are today. So... You've also got some younger siblings that came behind you. Yes. It sounds to me like in in some ways you probably were a pretty vital, uh, say, trailblazer for your mm-hmm. uh, for your younger siblings maybe and having success in school. Mm-hmm. H- how did you get on a college track? Yes. So I'd say as much as I'd like to be the trailblazer in my family, I'd give credit to the brother 
following Abdullahi, his name is Noor Shangolo, who okay. he's an officer in Inglewood today. Oh, okay. But he attended TSU Pueblo. He was a freshman in 2014 when they won the national championship. Oh, okay. And he graduated with a degree in criminal justice. And he's also the person who introduced me to football and the community. He also had oh, models dude. and men in the community who took uh, interest and supported him through his journey. So watching so him. he played football. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So oh, he okay. was the first. So watching him. Got it. And I. I'd say it clicked for me the day, re- yesterday was National Signing Day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in 2014, when he signed his national letter of intent, it was in front of the whole school. I remember they said it in the main hallway. Yeah. And he was the first kid in a long time in Adams County to go on to play athletics at the collegiate level. And so it meant a lot. It meant a great deal to the the community. I was even called out of middle school to oh, come wow. and be a part of the event. And I remember kids were lined up on the balcony, and it was like walking through papara- paparazzi. <laughs> and yeah, That's and awesome. all his teachers were there. People for, that taught him in elementary school, and I was like, wow. And seeing the support that he got, and how proud everybody was, you know, that instilled a fire in me. Seeing yeah. that that day, right after the event was over, his athletic director asked me where I was gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> and at that no time, pressure. right. <laughs> and at so that time, you know, on. looking at all the college banners in the school, I, I that motivated me and I yeah. wanted to go do the same for myself. That's great. So you, from middle school on then, mm-hmm. you get involved in football. Yes. And starting to, your brother, meanwhile, is mm-hmm. playing at um, CSU Pueblo. in college. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time you're developing as mm-hmm. a high school player, you're looking at, you know, looking across the family at... Uh, Nor yes, Noor and so Nor's having success in college, mm-hmm. and so you had a an example there, right? Okay, so fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, academically, mm-hmm. you you had been inspired to take pride in your work. Mm-hmm. You'd been getting the kind of support that mm-hmm. you needed. Um, did high school, in terms of kind of a college track, mm-hmm. academically, you felt like okay, I now have a pathway, right? So I'd say academically, it starts back in middle school with yeah. an organization called Gear Up, which is similar to a lot of programs that we yep. offer here yeah, yeah. at CMU for first generation institutions. Yep. I compare it a bit to what I have on campus today, known as Trio. Yeah. So Gear Up was a similar thing. Yeah, an upward bound and kind yes, of program. Yes, exactly. And bet. my advisor, Miss Ramiro, she had also assisted a brother following Noor. His name is Abdi, okay. who had attended Adam State. So she had a relationship okay. with him at the high school. Got and it. when he mentioned me, she made sure to come down to the middle school and start the program there. And Miss Ramiro would bring candy and kind of tell us about college. And we were just kind of there to take snacks from her. Yep, but yep. slowly she was influenced trading the group and we were getting inspired about an education beyond high school got it and she made sure to carry that over into high school where she had an office and we were seeing her more often yeah and she she was making sure that we were filling out our fafsa that we were doing sat prep and things like that i was like wow i can really do it and yes my brothers were doing the thing and i was looking at them as role models but on the day-to-day it was organizations of that nature that were assisting me and making sure i was doing the things that i needed to because my brothers were an example but i had to go do the work for myself and it was people like that and organizations inside adams 14 that allowed me to do so and see a life and an education beyond high school okay so you you must have been a pretty good high school football player if you got attention at the college level yes uh, signing day happens for you. Mm-hmm. How did you make it to? How'd you make it to CMU? CMU, yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I had a, I had two brothers who also played in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, yeah, CSU Pueblo and Adam State, and yeah. I went to a lot of sporting events. Yeah. And CMU at times where it was the enemy, and I 
<laughs> and I remember rooting against them, but I loved the environment and I yeah. loved watching them compete. So when my time came, I began, I started to gain a bit of recruiting in my junior year sure. where when I played quarterback and defensive back. Okay. And okay. at the time, the tight ends coach here came down to Commerce City and he had told my coach that he had seen some clips of me. They loved what I was doing on the field, but wanted to learn a bit about me in the classroom. And I got to sit down with the tight end coach here at Adam City at the time. I mean, here at Colorado Mesa, who was recruiting Adam City at the time, okay. and tell him a bit about my story. And by the end of it, his jaw was on the ground. <laughs> and, they, and they said they loved the guy that I was, and they were going to continue to to recruit me. And they stayed in touch. I yeah. love that about Colorado Mesa. They were always reaching out, and they made sure to keep in touch with me throughout my senior season. Yeah. And when I got to visit the campus, I want to say around January, I yeah. got to come out here with Noor himself. Oh, okay. He came out here, yes. <laughs> so he's out of college at this yes, point, Yes, he's right? out of college okay. at this point. He had graduated. He yep. was working for Thornton PD. Okay. But he made time to come on the recruiting process with me because our wow. parents, you know, being immigrants, they don't know what the recruiting process is. And sure. they, I remember a Shadron State recruiter came to the house and he was telling my mom about their academic program and this and that. And she just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to have Noor that day come join me yep. on my visit here to Mesa. And we love the community. You know, he, he was blown away by the campus. He said, it's better than so what how he said. how do I seen. end up in Pueblo? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and I think at the time, Russ Martin was the head coach and he had mentioned that he had he had noticed nor when he was in in college but there wasn't nobody was advocating for the students in adams 14 so he didn't yeah. know how to get in touch with nor and how to guide him through the process and maybe get him over to cmu but lo and behold he was able to do so over at csu pueblo and that was great for him but he he loved what he was seeing here at cmu and he thought yeah. it was a great opportunity for me and when russ martin at the end of our my visit laid the offer down it was a it was a great package but nor reminded me that we had to go go home and collect some educational scholarships to also make sure that I could get through the, the educational journey here at CMU comfortably. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a great story. So you, you made a connection with a coach, mm -hmm. your brother helped kind of Sherpa through the process right. and having had been through it himself mm -hmm. a few years prior, I'm sure that was invaluable. Yes. You get to CMU. Um, you've had a pretty successful career here. I mean, you're, you're today, you're now, You've got a leadership role with our Black Student Alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, you had an incredible career in football. You're going to graduate with two majors, right? Yes, sir. Uh, political science and what's your second major? Criminal justice. Criminal justice, that's right. Uh, you've had a tremendous amount of success here. Talk to us a little about your experience here. What's made the difference? Where have the challenges been for you? Um, what has it been like to be black in Grand Junction and on this mm -hmm. campus? Uh, and frankly, what's allowed you to be so successful? Right. Uh, I give a lot of credit to how I was raised. I think my parents not understanding the dynamics of American society, they yeah. simplified things. All they taught me was to work hard and do the right thing and be nice to people. And yeah. I made sure to bring <laughs> Seems that. Seems like pretty good advice <laughs> for everybody. Right. <laughs> and I made sure to, to carry that over to when I traveled to CMU, you know, the day yeah. that I was leaving Commerce City, my mom was bawling her eyes. <laughs> it was a hard thing for, for her, for her young boy, the, her yeah. last African born to be let out the house. Yeah. But I remember as a child, she'd always tell me, she'd say it in Somalia, 
Bali, of course, but she'd tell me to possess my strength. Mm. And that would remind me that I, I come from a lot of sacrifice and it takes a lot of bravery and courage to get to where I want to be. And I carry that over to my education and my athletics here at CMU. Yeah. And that's all, I, that's all I did when I was here. I made sure I was in the right place at the right time. I was attending classes. I was attending lifts and I was surrounding myself around the right people. And I think CMU has done a great job of diversifying at least the athletics. And I love seeing kids that look like me in the community. And yeah. I also love learning from kids that don't look like me that are sure. in the community. Sure. So I think CMU has done a great job of grabbing individuals from all around the world and bringing us together working towards one common goal and it's made life here at CMU a lot easier for me and as I grow and as a young man and find out about myself I'm introduced to people who are lending me a hand and connecting mm. me to individuals that are making my life easier recently I met uh, David Combs of the Black Citizens and yeah. Friends and just meeting an individual like him and knowing there's old black men in the community yeah, who've yeah. gone through it and and I've paved the way for young men like me means a tremendous amount and it inspires me to do so for the next generation of yeah. African American men or just people of color who come through CMU because sure. they're appreciated, they're valued, and they're seen here at CMU. And I've seen that for myself, and I'm just a testament to the work of all the people who are getting the job done here in Grand Junction. My uh, my family at dinner time every night we we go around the table and we ask everybody, what was the high of your day? What was the low point in your mm -hmm. day? And what's one thing you're grateful for? So I'm going to ask you that question. Yes, sir. What was the high of your career here at CMU? What's been the low point in your career here at CMU? And what's one thing you're grateful for? Uh, the high of my career, there's been a lot of highs. You can have more than that. You can have more than one. <laughs> but I'd say uh, this past season, the homecoming game, just the whole event was, it was an honor and it was breathtaking seeing my photo on our stadium, yeah. uh, running out before the game and seeing you alongside me and giving you a high five. That meant a lot to me <laughs> and, my, and my I dad. I was glad, I, was right? glad I didn't get run over. But. <laughs> exactly. And we had just pulled out our, our new black uniform. So there was a lot of excitement around the game yeah. and my dad and Noor and a family friend had gotten to come out to the game oh, so it was awesome really to perform special. in front of them and my dad he's somebody who's who's 71 years old today and he's worked a lot to get us to where we are today you know he we worked as a dishwasher for over 12 years when we first arrived here and today he he's facing health complications so it's always a great time when he gets out the house and com comes and gets to experience the things that we get to do and when I play football and I hear my name called over the broadcast, yeah. I love hearing the name Shangolo, whether it's pronounced correctly or incorrectly. You know, that's my dad's middle name, and it means a, oh, a tremendous okay. a lot to uh, a lot to me when yeah. it's said over the broadcast. Yeah. So it was just a beautiful setting over homecoming, putting on a great performance, yeah, yeah. winning, breaking out the new uniforms, and seeing the proud faces of the community. Yeah, that was a great high for me. Uh, low for me, I'd say it was when I first arrived because it was very tough leaving my family, who means Culture a tremendous a lot some, to me. Right? Exactly, but I was I was fortunate to have my brothers alongside me because Noor told me a funny story when he arrived on campus the first day. It was just him and the and the truck that we had just bought him because parents didn't understand that it mean parents come along with you to move in day, so they were like, Noor, we bought you a car you're this big strong guy go and as much as the big and 
great guy he was you you know he felt some type of way that it was just him it's out just there an 18 year old and he kid, told me right? yeah he arrived on campus and his coach at the time john riston was like nor right oh yeah, he said he grabbed other teammates and was like let's help him let's get him and 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 people like that he so his situation was a bit different from mine on my first day i had him i had my teammates i had my brother abdi and i had a different community and i i was very fortunate that he was able to make it a bit easier for me yeah. And made that tr transition a bit easier. But after moving day and after all the joys and high fives, I was sitting in my dorm room and I was like, wow, it's, it's just it. me now. Just and I got to right. make Home decisions for and, myself. And yeah. that's where I connected back to my mom and possess your strength. I remembered where I came from and what it took and what it's going to take for me to get where I was going. So it was it was a bit of a rough time, but it was a it was a time for finding yourself and, mm -hmm. and building myself up to the young man I wanted to be to start making decisions for myself yeah. and making sure that I was doing the things that i needed to be doing yeah. so not though it was a low point it was it was a time that i needed yes. as a young man to change and become who i wanted to be yes one thing you're grateful for and one thing here. that i'm grateful for uh i'm grateful for the people that i've met at cmu yeah. because uh i know that life could be very different for me uh, a lot of times i could have taken the easy road and I, I i could be living a different life today but i chose otherwise i took the hard road i made the hard decisions and i've stumbled across some great people i'm honored for everybody sitting in this room today mm. everybody that i see in the morning when i get up for lifts at 4 a.m and all my teachers in the classroom you know it means it, it means a heck of a lot to me yeah. and i'm grateful for all the individuals here at CMU. Yeah. Well, um, I feel the same way. So you're you're coming down the home stretch here. You've got a role in a, a leadership role now in um, the Black Student Alliance. You're on the verge of earning a college degree. Like you've you've overcome a lot, and you're you're kind of now at the doorstep of um, of a life ahead. And I wonder, Limon, you know, as you think about next steps, what are what are some of your goals? What are you looking forward to in this next season as you as you leave college and kind of strike out on a career? Where do you want to go? What's what are some of your goals? Right. So I actually get a I got one more semester of football. So I'll yeah. be back in the fall to play oh, my you grad. You get one more year. Right, my grad okay. season for us here at CMU. And Great. I know that's gonna be a blast. But educationally, I wanna attend law school after this. Oh. And I know that takes a ton of work. So uh, I, I'm speaking to my advisors every day. I'm asking them the tough questions. I'm asking them what I need to be doing. And I'm fortunate for people like Shelby over at Trio Upward Bound, yeah. who's an organization that I not only work for and tutor students after school, but that I'm a part of myself and they offer me aid. And her husband, he's somebody who's been through the law school yep. process, who's yep. a practicing attorney in the community. Yep. So back to the people that I've met, uh, they're putting me in positions and I'm making sure that while I still have time at CMU, I'm asking the questions and I'm setting myself up for success. I'm, I just joined our Springboard Fellowship who offers a great amount of support to first generation students yeah. and offers benefits for when you graduate. Mm -hmm. So I'm making sure that I'm setting myself up for success afterwards and taking advantage of all the resources that we offer here at CMU. So you want to go to law school? Yes, sir. You're going to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward a few years to Liban the lawyer. What do you want to do with that? Uh, I'd like to be a prosecutor. Yeah. Right. I'd like to work in the in in like for the government. Attorney's office of course, yes. Because yeah. having parents in immigrant parents come through America and go through some of the legal process you and they don't understand the language, they need support. So seeing that at an early age yeah. made me want to be a part of the legal system yeah. and assist people who 
who come from a background like mine, especially being in Commerce City, a large Hispanic population. Sure. And we see the struggles that that community faces in the legal system. And and just this past semester, I got to do an internship for Mothers Against Drunk Driving as a oh. court monitor. And I got to observe here in Mesa County and in Adams County. And while working in Adams County, I ran into an African-American judge who who was wearing his earrings just like me. Who, <laughs> and and it, that inspired me because to see somebody that looked like me sitting in a position position of of such sort and that only inspired me to pursue that even more so so i want to be a part of the legal system to make change and support individuals who who come from a background like mine i think there's 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 change to be made there and we can make it easier on individuals yeah well it's hard to imagine that uh based on kind of what has allowed you to be successful to this point it's hard for me to imagine that you're not going to be sitting on a bench at some point here uh, in one of those black robes, if that's what you want to mm-hmm. do. Levon, it is um, just an absolute pleasure and an honor to get a chat with you today. Um, I guess maybe what I'd, what I'd ask you before we leave is if there's anything that you could share with our audience today that I haven't asked you or something that um, you would want to leave our listeners with, what is it? Um, I'd say... The word that comes to mind is sacrifice because mm-hmm. getting here took a lot of sacrifice and getting to where you're going also takes a lot of sacrifice and not just my sacrifice, the sacrifices of the people in my life and the places that I come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, my community of Adams County faces a ton of hardship and the people, the individuals within the community make tons of sacrifices day in and day out just to live a regular life, just to re- live a comfortable life, to have a roof over their head and put ma- food in the mouths of their children. So I'd like to tell the, our listeners that if they want to achieve the things that they want to, if they want to become the individual that we want to be in life, they're going to have to sacrifice. They're going to have to take pride in what they want to do and do it with a great amount of energy and joy because that's the only way to get the job done at a high level in the right way. And that's going to come with a lot of sacrifice and a bit of hardship, but you can get through it because hearing my story, there was a lot of times, like I said, I could have made the easy decision. I could have took the easy way out, but I made the hard decision because I knew it would impact uh, community larger. It was bigger than myself. It meant yeah. a lot to the people behind me. It meant a lot to my community. And it means a lot to strangers who are listening to this that's right. and, and see a bit of themselves in me. That's exactly. Right. That's right. So if I can do it, if I can make the hard decisions, if I can pave a road for my family, you can too in spite of your challenges. Yeah, I love that. Reminds me of the values that we've adopted as a campus, you know, love and courage and dignity and resiliency. And um, I'm just... I'm grateful that uh, we get to sit here and chat today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, well, Levon, it's been an absolute pleasure and really glad to be able to celebrate Black History Month here today. And um, you're just an incredible ambassador for your family and your stories is one that's uh, inspiring. And so I'm grateful to have you a part of this campus. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Until the next time, thank you for joining the CMU Now podcast, this special edition with Levon Shangalo, and we will see you next time. Take care. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.